0: Welcome to Dry Clean Only Conversations on Fashion and Style. I'm your host, Kristen Cole in New York. I'm a fashion consultant with 20 years experience in the industry as a high concept retailer, fashion director, founder, and buyer. I'm here for all the conversations around the many changes in fashion right now. And that's what I'm bringing to you on this pod. I hope you enjoy Okay, so today, this is episode number 19, where I have the pleasure of speaking with one of my favorite designers, Maria Cornejo, founder and creative director of Zero Plus Maria Cornejo, the cold favorite ready wear line appreciated by creative and highly independent women around the world, worn by many icons, notably Michelle Obama and Simone Lee, whose work I recently saw at the Venice Biennale and have still not recovered from. I just love the highly independent and creative spirit of this brand, and have carried the line at a number of my previous stores. My first store in LA on Melrose Place, on Melrose Ave, was right behind the Zero Maria Cornejo Melrose Place boutique, and I've been a fan ever since. If you've never been to her uh, Bleecker Street store in NoHo in New York City, uh, it's definitely worth a visit. In today's episode, Maria and I discuss the evolution of her creative process, design community, staying power, effortless dressing, and her core commitment to making women feel better about themselves, which really comes through in the close. Uh, Before we get to the interview, a few things on the fashion and culture front. I'm currently binge watching Irma Vep, which is a great series on HBO. It's It's a vampire show. It's a remake of a kind of cult classic vampire film uh, but it's mostly about the filmmaking process and acting and it's pretty great alicia vicklander is in the starring role and it's worth watching alone for her wardrobe designed by nicholas gasquier especially the black velvet cat suit that she wears throughout is pretty incredible thurston moore did the music so yeah it's overall A really good watch. Uh, Victoria's Secret documentary is out, Angels and Demons. It's on Hulu and it's also worth a watch. It's fairly shocking and scandalous. Uh, But for me, I was also just stunned by the volume of business they were doing at their peak. Uh, If you need any last minute beach reads for the summer, I just finished The Candy House, which is a highly creative and rewarding second novel from Jennifer Egan. It's such a fun read, it's super clever and heartbreaking and really a lovely escape from our current reality. Uh, Jennifer Egan's first novel, A Visit from the Goon Squad is also really good. Uh, on the fashion front, I'm reading Anna, um, the Anna biography by Amy O'Dell. It's really interesting and um, yeah, I'm really enjoying reading this. Um, I'm also reading Warn by Sophie Thanhouser A People's History of Clothing. This is far more dense. Um, It's really fascinating. It's about clothing and cloth and fiber and origin. And here's a quote from Warren. Dressing is an individual act, uh, but it's also a deeply social one. Clothing is not merely a demonstration of our relations to one another. It's a crystallization of these relationships. It's not just surprising then that myths and stories about cloth and clothing are a place where people grapple with what ought to be their correct relationship with one another with ethics. And she goes on to cite Rumpelstiltskin and other stories like The Crane Wife and The Emperor's New Clothes and Snow White and Cinderella and it's just really um, juicy and fascinating, loving this book. Uh, And like everyone else, I'm listening to Beyonce's new Renaissance album, which is really wonderful and fun, and the new Maggie Rogers album, Surrender. Uh, List has recently put out, List, the retail giant, has recently put out their list of, uh, I guess, top 20 hottest brands. And these metrics are based on demand and searches. Uh, Starting at the top, number one is Gucci, then Balenciaga, Prada, Valentino, Louis Vuitton, Dior, Miu Miu, Fendi, Diesel, back up there, Burberry, Versace, Nike, Adidas, uh, Loewe, Dolce, Saint Laurent, uh, Bottega, Montclair, Off-White, and Jacquemus. So I thought that was kind of interesting and I love reading that. Another interesting news story I just read on Vogue: uh, Jane Fonda has teamed up with fast fashion giant H and M for a move wear collection, which is so interesting just because she's so you know deeply committed to climate activism, and she founded Fire Drill Fridays, and you know does does a ton of advocacy around the crisis. So um, we'll see what's happening there. I think that's super interesting and maybe there's um, some serious commitments being made to rethinking that business. Um, And last but not least, before I get to the interview I need to apologize about the sound quality. Um, I'm the worst, it's mostly me. Um, We recorded the interview a few days after Roe was overturned, Maria was on her phone. I'm just catching up publishing. So I've been doing a little traveling this summer. Um, and yeah, the sound quality is a little spotty today. So my apologies. I will continue to get better. Thank you for your patience. And now on to my interview with the lovely Maria Cornejo. I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. I just got back from Mexico last night. So I'm a little bit like getting back to reality. A little, little jet lagged. Where were you in Mexico? Oh, it was just outside. I was at this beautiful retreat place, Aterio. I got invited by, you know, you know, Warrior.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it was like a healing weekend. It was like sound healing and yoga. There's lots of amazing women and guys. And it was just like a really love. I mean, I was only there from first day till yesterday. So literally on the ground for two and a half days. But it we- was so great.
0: This is a good weekend for healing and yoga. Yes, because of everything. That's the thing.
1: It's like we were all there, feeling like guilty, but at the same time, we needed it because it was just what was going on here. It's like incredible.
0: Totally, it's it's so insane. I mean,
1: it just makes you think, what the hell? I mean, it's like, what are we? What are we becoming now? Backwards.
0: It's so scary. You know what's next? I Think. You know, we all just are going yeah. to have step it up and, you know, vote, vote these guys out at every level. It's very scary.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really disturbing, actually, that in this day and age, how rights can be taken back. And, you know, what, what really scares me about it is this really screwed up in America of government, the government, the way things can just be erased without the popular vote. You know, that is crazy that the Supreme Court could just overrule the popular
0: It's It's, vote. it's
1: just scary. incredible.
0: And yeah, and it's popular opinion, 70% of Americans believe in body autonomy. So how are we at this place where women have been stripped of these rights?
1: If this was happening in another country, America would have sent the truth. And and with the gun control as well. I mean, it just makes me so angry right now. I mean, we can protest and everything, but I think the system of governance here is fucked up. So we can protest till the cows come home. I know. But until the gut changes, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I feel like we're traumatized. And we went through so four years of Trump, all about the election, and now we're going to another election cycle, and they see trauma again. And then it's just uh, what for? At the end of the day, things just, they do whatever they want anyway.
0: I know. Trauma is the exact right word. The midterm elections around the corner. I hope everyone gets out there and votes, you know, votes at every level to get these to get the GOP out. It's just uh, very scary. And yeah, you know, guns have more rights than women at this point. So it's really insane. So backward and and surreal. And I can't believe we're here. You you grew up in, in Chile, right?
1: Yes, I did. I did. I was 11, actually. And then my parents became political refugees. So I left the country with them because of our 9-11, you know, because the Americans came in and bombed our president. So we got, you know, we got um, America at the time owned a lot of the national industries like the phone companies, the mining, copper, everything, and electricity. And, you know, in the end they had um, nationalized everything to bring the money back into the country so it wasn't running out to America. <laughs> all our, you know, all our, you know, the things that we, we live off. And yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's very like, uh, for me, it's very conflicting when I see these things going on. It's really... Upsetting.
0: No, I'm sure. Oh. oh my god. I'm always editing my dog out. He's a terrible pod partner. Okay. Anyways. So so you've been traveling quite a bit, huh?
1: I think for the first time of my life I was able to take five weeks off and go and see my daughter who just had a baby. That's so, so exciting. That amazing. How yeah. is how is Baby? How could... is she doing? She's doing great. She's a great mama, and um, you know, we thought the baby was coming up He did in the end, but they gave the chance to be with her quietly for two weeks before he came. And
0: that's so nice. Oh my gosh, little baby boy. There's nothing better. Love that time. yeah Um. So you were in you were in Spain?
1: No, I was I was actually in Lisbon. Oh, you were in Lisbon. yeah yeah Just outside Lisbon any other international travel no i haven't really because um this year yeah no we've just been here and i went to austin um i did dallas last year but you know i did mexico last year uh, not not mexico i did um spain last year i really missed paris i wish we were all going to paris again
0: Oh, I miss Paris too. I've actually been packing because I'm leaving the country for the first time uh, since the Where pandemic. Are you going? going to Milan tomorrow and then to oh, wow. the Northern Italian countryside and then to Venice with my kids and my husband. And I'm so excited just to
1: oh wow right so you guys are going to the biennale
0: yeah we're gonna see the biennale we're gonna see uh the, Goog- the peggy guggenheim collection we're gonna see a lot of art in milan as well so it's kind of an yeah. art art and eating trip and maybe a little shopping too so i just can't wait that's great i'm good right
1: with you with you looking at my kids to you know they wouldn't go with me after a while. They were just like, "No, Mom, yeah. I don't want
0: to go." to No, they they will protest and they'll be a pain about it. But you know, this this yeah. trip is for us too, <laughs> so yeah. they will they will get dragged to see lots of things that one day they'll appreciate. You have creative children. Do you feel like that is something that runs in your family, or is that something that you?
1: I think you know everybody in my family is creative in different ways you know my sister is amazing she takes pictures and my niece as well I think everybody is quite creative I mean we have no bankers in our family I wish we did or lawyers
0: yeah they're good to have around sometimes yeah
1: Yeah, I keep thinking we need somebody to have like a proper job
0: you
1: know yeah like, let's say.
0: yeah i'm pushing my kids <laughs> and, uh, into into medicine i'm
1: like we always need doctors it's not gonna work my son did economics and now i think he's going into like more creative very system. nice so yeah i think everybody in the family is sort of pretty creative which yeah. is nice
0: well i love bb's photography you know i i shot with her once with jane mosley as the model and yeah she just produced gorgeous photos i think she has a really good eye
1: yeah she, she's um She's incredible because she has a, I feel like she's very edited, what she gets from me, like very minimal. Mm-hmm. And then she's super creative like her dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see both of your influence in her work.
1: But now she's made it her own. I mean, so in, yeah, in the beginning, I think you could really see it, but now she's really doing her thing. And it's so, I'm so proud of that. That's cool.
0: So Zero Maria Cornejo, where did you come up with the name Zero?
1: Uh, for me, I came up with the name Zero because, um after you know I wasn't gonna get back into fashion I was mm. over it so I when I moved to New York and I just had a baby and I remember I got this space and I was going to do um a creative space where I would host like a gallery type space that I would make cushions and yeah have friends show their work and Matt yeah. was gonna curate with me and have yeah. invite friends to show their stuff and not like a not like well, a gallery because I'm not a curator but it was love a that thing. you should still do yeah, that but- well, I used to do that a lot in the beginning, you know, before my business partner got involved. I used yeah. to host a lot of friends and stuff, and yeah. artists, and and you know, like Susan Chancholo I did something with. I did just different things, like Vicky Bartlett, and. Yeah different you know like amy sue she did all these installations and it was so much fun so yeah. much fun with it
0: you've developed a very refined luxurious collection but i know you got your start kind of as as a cool girl as one of those you know creatives who was really on the scene in in downtown new york early on
1: yeah and you know the thing for me was also i just had a baby and and um, i think joey was like eight months old my dad was dying of cancer and so for a year the space just stopped empty and then I really wanted to create something that even you know, after I getting pretty disillusioned the whole fashion business on wholesale and everything yeah I just wanted to have something that was made there sold there yeah. and just be taking up face value and also calling it zero mentor, that it was not about me but it was something new we would just take it face value and they would discover something new that would touch it in some way shape or form and so I started you know creating things, you know, from very basic geometric forms and just figuring out how that would drape on individual women's bodies. And I also had an idea at the time of doing, like, the sizing, like, it was going to be, like, names, like, voluptuous, like... Oh, I love that. Like, lovely. You know, I didn't idea, idea, like yeah. the idea of sizing, I because, you know, women, yeah. we're all constantly changing sizes, Very. It's very restrictive to actually have sizes. And it's also quite shaming because if you go up the size of something, they really feel bad. I really bad. You feel For me, it was always about making women feel better about themselves. Because as a mom and as a creative person, I didn't want to look like the average mom wearing like mom jeans and whatever. I still yeah. wanted to feel, you know, um, have clothes that were interesting. And
0: yeah. Are you a draper or a sketcher? Where do you start? It's
1: a combination, you know. Now I do basic chicken scratches. I used to do more draping in the beginning. Uh, But now it's just such an archive of shapes and things that, you know, we're constantly taking things at the beginning of something from somewhere and evolve into something else. So, no, I don't really drape anymore. I mean, my uh, design director, Lauren, she drapes a bit, but I don't. I mean, I feel like I've designed so many things that I sort of like, um, there's always like an evolution. And, you know, sometimes I do like, like what I call like little tiny chicken scratches and then they they, they evolved into something there's a conversation and then they evolve into a brain thing but mm-hmm. um yeah no it's different I mean I, I used to literally also like draw the whole collection on one page like 10 figures and now because of the way that collections evolved you know you can't just do one idea over 10 yeah. silhouettes yeah. It, it actually has to have taps in many different areas and different clients and yeah. So if I don't work like that anymore, it's just as the collection has evolved over the years and the business has evolved, it's that's sort of changed the way I work.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. How many people do you have on your design team? You have a design director?
1: Well, it's just myself and my design director, Lauren, uh, this Christine, and we have a couple of freelance people. Cool. But you
0: know, the three of us. And you uh, pointed to the CFDA board of directors a few years ago. How has that work been?
1: It's interesting. I mean, you know, to be honest, we meet a couple of times a year and it's interesting to be included. You know, there's all the grown ups like Tom Ford or whatever, like Sarah Wang, I mean, Mama Kamali. You sort of, I I remember saying to Stephen Cole, why do you want me on the board? Oh my gosh, you're,
0: you're just as iconic. Give me a break.
1: But you know what I mean? I'm sort of an independent designer. And he said, well, exactly for that. He said, because you're an independent designer, yeah. you managed to stay in business all this time. So you must... You're doing something I know, right. Now, of-
0: I was talking to Marisha about that a little too. It's it's really impressive in this day and age when a company can stay independent. It's difficult.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not been easy it's not by any shape or form. You know, we, we've gone to also through a lot of Marisha, you know, like the recessions, like this last night, I mean, before that, there was 9-11, I mean, Marisha wasn't involved in those yeah. things, but there's just been endless amounts of stuff, and it's like, even with COVID, I was like, oh my God, it's like, here we go again, and we have to rebuild the business again, but the That's one crazy. thing about being independent is that it allows you to be very lean and fluid and, and pivot and adapt to yeah. what's going on. Yeah,
0: and at the end of the day, you know, when you don't have financial control, you you do lose control of your company or, or can very easily. So it's important. Yeah. You also are on the, I don't know if you're still on this, but the CFDA Sustainability Committee. I know you were a very kind of early adopter of sustainability in fashion, which is, of course, you know, very fashionable now and very critical.
1: I mean, for me, the, the whole sustainability Thing came from the fact that I, was, I I worked for big companies and I realized the amount of waste and yeah. there were and yeah. you know, travelling to like China or like Italy and seeing how the factories worked. And you know, the person of the company at the time that I was working for was quite hard ass And he was nickel and diamond people. Yeah. The company was so to him this nice company. Uh, over a dollar on a spotter. Uh, meanwhile, we were staying in very expensive hotels in flying, you know, business yeah. stuff. So I think yeah. it didn't make sense. I, I just, you know, I, I, I grew up my parents a socialist. You know, I came mm-hmm. from a, a very, my mother was an art director and, you know, I'm very aware of human rights and things. So to me, also having children is like what are we leaving behind you know it's like know. a responsibility to be more conscious and and oh. what we're doing to the world and i think everything is like cause and effect and it was just something that i started with and, and i started by buying you know like uh, leftover stock fabrics that's how i was making the collection i used to go to these jobbers and basically buy polar that was leftover from patagonia or something and then rules awesome. that, you know maybe Don my had you know over sample yeah. you know like 50, 50 yards of sampling or something yeah. and i would just literally just make what i could out of it would put it in store and we'd see the reaction that we would make the more so we we're basically making water yeah it, it wasn't there was not placing of orders and stuff it was very organic mm-hmm. and then i worked with kashiyama and then wholesaling and everything and then then it was different Then it was working with a bigger company and Losing control, and to me, you know, it didn't make sense. I mean, they when they had the, the recession, they pulled out of everybody in the
0: interesting and it was
1: just having to go back to scratch. And that's when Marisha got involved. Uh, when I was about ready to again give up, because yeah. you know, for me, it's about um, there's a point that I I I love being creative, but also this this you know this I don't want to be making things just for the sake of it, totally. being wasteful. So it's how do you work around those promises, you know?
0: Yeah, with, with purpose. Yeah, with purpose at the center yeah. of it. I always think of of, of zero, and Maria Cornejo, in the same breath as the art community. And I see so many women in the art world wearing your collection. I assume that connection is fairly organic.
1: You know, the thing is that I'm very lucky that like minded women like the collection. They find mm. something that flashes them. And I think I think what they like about the collection, that it becomes about them mm-hmm. and they're creative women, and it's not about trends or season. It's more about shape up black them. So we have, you know, we I was just really proud because one of our clients, you know, Moni, um, they're pricing in the Biennale in Venice, and, mm. and amazing, yes, it, it looks incredible. And then you know, we would just have an amazing clientele of women that have come to the brand through friends, and and it's just um, it's been very organic. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And I feel yeah. really blessed that that's the way it's happened because then yeah. it's like a true connection. Yeah. It's not like you're le- lending clothes out to a celebrity or something. Totally. They actually wear the clothes in their own neighborhood. And that's yeah. the same connection that we have with Michelle Obama. You know, she was wearing the clothes before they got elected, so she carried yeah. on wearing them afterwards. I and mean, then we did special projects with her. But it's, it's always very organic. And, not and just I placed. really like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. because when it's it safe, it doesn't last, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, have you seen, have you had time to see any good shows or exhibitions lately in New York?
1: No, I haven't seen anything in New York. I am really, have really been bad in keeping. You to. know, the thing with me, I have to tell you, when I'm designing and because we're on so many different collectives, I sort of have to have like a clear slate. Like, because mm. my inspiration is usually quite internal.
0: Interesting. So it's more and kind of emotional well, and instinctive. Y-
1: yes, mm. it is. It always has been. So cool. for me to go and see too much, I get overwhelmed with, especially now with Instagram and everything. Oh I feel God. like we're over overwhelmed with imagery.
0: Totally. So for me
1: to be able to get creative again, I sort of have to have a clean slate. Yeah. I, I cannot be looking at things. And I did see a show in, in Lisbon uh, the new museum called it M-A-A-T, which I thought was quite interesting. It was like a video installation. I can't remember the artist, but it was really incredible because it was basically people caught while doing like very mundane things in slow motion. Mm. And it's sort of how you connect to like the everyday mm. and how you try to be in the present. And I thought that, that was really touching. Oh, I
0: love that. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I mean, for
1: me, what's really key right now is to be present.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely noticed the days where I don't go on social media and obviously social media is wonderful for information and connecting when we need it. But on the days I don't even open it, I feel like I have these like long, creative, wonderful days. And then the ones where I'm on it too much, like I was already on it this morning and I'm feeling so agitated again, you know? So it, yes. it's, it's definitely yes. over- overwhelming
1: it's overwhelming and i think you know for me it's like it's almost as a great i always say as a creative person for me anyway ignorance is bliss because then you create your own thing yeah. and you're not influenced by other people uh, so true yeah and it's hard to get
0: out of the echo chamber and yeah I think that's really Mm -hmm. vital to creating something original that makes a lot of sense I'm excited to go to the Met to finally see the costume institute which you know the in America lexicon of fashion I want to see that second part and then Louise Bourgeois has a paintings exhibition that
1: I definitely want to go and see yeah the thing with me is also because we're working on collections and we're you know we're launching things all the time is that Sometimes if I go and see something, I go, oh, I wish you'd done this or, you know, you start getting other ideas. So so in a way, in order to stay focused, I sort of have to stay pretty clear and not get distracted by noise. And then I go and look at things when I'm, you know, when I'm on
0: holidays or, you know, not not when I'm working. Downtime. That makes a lot of sense. How has your approach and evolution as a designer changed throughout the years from, you know, when you were in your 20s in London to now?
1: Um, I think the evolution has definitely changed because I became a mother, you know. And yeah. uh, I think when you're younger, you're very much designing for a muse. But as I became a mother, I started designing more for real women. And also, you know, I'm, I'm, I take, you know, comfortable. So, yeah. you know, it's like I have, I've had two fractured feet, so my shoes have to be really comfortable. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't wear them. Yeah. Uh, the clothes, you know, for me, it's about looking good, but with a minimum amount of effort mm-hmm. and just um, things that flatter you. I mean, most things have very easy waistbands and things, and they're yeah. washable. I just think the clothes, when they're successful, is that like you sort of feel really good about yourself and you forget about them. And one mm-hmm. of the nicest complaints I've been paid is that like a few artists have said to me, Oh, I wore your clothes and I went to have a museum and then I, I got the museum show, or I felt really good. And, and that to me is like they feel like themselves but a, a better version maybe, but I yeah. think
0: that's what's interesting. No, I love, I love, I love that with, with fashion and yeah, not feeling overwhelmed. Like I am this designer now I'm, I'm just me, yeah. but I actually feel good. Do you feel like all of, uh, this is a loaded question because I think this of your collection kind of like Dries, do you feel like all of your pieces kind of go together? Like you can just wear. Yes,
1: yeah. That's one of the nicest things that, uh, somebody said to me it's like my wardrobe is for you over the years I just keep adding pieces and they all work together and they don't stay yeah and to me that's really sustainable because it's the idea that you're uh you know people are buying fashion and teaching like a sandwich board for a designer basically like logo so you're basically advertising a designer and then you and you're paying for that privilege
0: totally no it's it's brilliant (laughs) (laughs) it's brilliant no and I've definitely fallen fallen you know down that trap you know many times um, in my career because I'm like so obsessed with this moment and then you realize three months later that it's such a trend and it has no place in your wardrobe and it feels dated and you're not building a cohesive wardrobe yeah I I think of your collection and and entries van Noten very much in that space of you can buy any of these pieces and they are just going to continue being part of the same conversation. Really easy.
1: I love them so I think, I think when something is well-designed, it has longer than I hate the, the post- disposable, fashion. The disposable you know, I nature. I get it. I was, eight, yeah, I, I was 18. I, yeah. And, and, you know, you save up, you know, for kids to buy an outfit to wear one night. But as I get older, I think, you know, I really definitely appreciate things
0: that are well-designed and last buying cohesively buying for quality is sustainable as well. Do you think the the landscape is so crowded right now in fashion? So many brands, so many fashion designers?
1: Yes, it's very crowded. It's very crowded, but you know, there's also a lot of people that come and go. Some people start doing a collection the last three years. I mean, yeah. there's always a big sort of, I, I think there's very few people that have longevity. How many years and have a you been in business? Was, the company, I mean, zero, I started zero 25 years ago next year. Amazing. Congrats. So yeah, 25 years.
0: Thank yeah, you. That's impressive. So my my last question for you is kind of about the future of fashion. What gives you hope for it or what concerns do you have? You can choose your own adventure.
1: Hope, I think what gives me hope is that there is an interest in sustainability and the new wave of designers are much more conscious of things and the old gods. and it's really inspired the fact that they they realize you don't have to design 20 million things you can just do two or three fabrics and keep it really focused and and i think that's inspiring and the fact that there are a lot of scientific developments around fabrics and you know new types of leathers you know from mushrooms and pineapple and things and you know fabrics made of hemp and bamboo and things that are more sustainable i think just the awareness of it all and the fact that they're coming into it with a much better education than 30 years ago and and it's more of a focus now rather than you know an add-on so they're starting from a good place the ones that have a conscience starting from a really good place you know Absolutely. You know what's exciting is, You know, people have realised that you uh, don't. everybody's going to be a carving client, on there different types of businesses. I, what I respect the most right now, the designers that are really designing for their communities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You
1: know, and I think that's when it's when really you engaging. That's when it means when it means something. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. It's always so nice chatting with you and I hope you have a great day. Talk to you later. You too.
1: Have a great holiday. Thank Bye. you.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.